everybody. Grab your Bible, a journal, and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on the conversation. But first, I'd like for you to write this down. Exodus 33, verses 13 through 15. Now therefore, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thy sight, let me know thy ways, that I may know thee, so that I may find favor in thy sight. Consider, too, that this nation is thy people. And he said, My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, If thy presence does not go with us, do not lead us from here. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. We are so glad that you're here. My name is Kara and I am Dot's daughter and we sit down together every week and we talk through truths and scripture. And in this episode, we finish up the book of Exodus and you know I love Exodus and my man Moses, which she jokes with me about loving Moses so much, but I just love seeing the intimacy and the honesty that Moses has with the Lord. And we really dive into that and talk about why didn't Moses enter in the promised land and didn't that seem kind of unfair after all that he had been through for the Lord and with the Lord. So it's actually kind of one of my favorite episodes. I know, I know, because we talk about Exodus and Moses, my two of my favorites, but we are really glad that you're here. So pull up a chair and listen in. Kara, here we are. We're about to end your favorite book. You got a little crush on Moses. Not a crush. I just admire him. And we're about to see why. I love, I love this. You love his that heart. you just um, that you read. Yeah, I do too. You know, as uh, we're finishing this book, we're going to see some things that are very difficult to understand. Uh, there are a lot of laws and a lot of commandments and a lot of rules on how to live in community. So a lot of times when people are reading this and they see all of the things that they have to do, considering not just the Sabbath, but the way that they do worship and the way that they're going to live with each other. You look at the first part of the commandments, it's actually the very first part, of course, is worshiping God. But then when you look at the end of the commandments and stuff, it's how to get along with everybody. I mean, when it says thou shalt not, commit adultery, that's pretty much getting along with your neighbor, mm-hmm. especially if you're not sleeping with their wife. And so anyway, so as we're looking at Exodus and kind of going through, we see all kinds of things. And one of the things that we see is the building of the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. And God gives them strict instructions. So we will see as we get into Leviticus that God is a detailed God. Mm -hmm. And when He is wanting to do something and He's talking to uh, His people, and obviously right now He's talking to Moses, He goes into strict details and and strict instructions. But then Mm -hmm. we're going to get along as we move along into Exodus. We run into the golden calf and how that they take everything that they had brought from Egypt with all their gold, their Mm -hmm. earrings, and they build this golden calf. Now, Moses has had the Ten Commandments, and he's about to come down, and God says, you better get down. Right. Uh, They don't know that because they're down below. That's right. And so, but God's telling Moses, as you're flipping through um, Exodus, you better go down there because they have erected a golden calf. And then Moses is so mad 
he says something to Aaron, which God had already told Moses he didn't need Aaron at the very beginning. But Moses was like, no, I, I, want, I can't speak. I want Aaron. And so here's Aaron, and he is building to these peop- for these people a golden calf. Mm-hmm. And so Moses, as you know, gets mad. He talks with Aaron, like, what are you doing? And Aaron says the craziest things. He said, do not let the anger of my Lord burn. You know the people yourself, that they are prone to evil. Now he's, you know, saying pretty much, you, Moses, you know these people. It's not about me. It's not, don't get upset with me. Let's get upset with the people. And so he's blaming the people. For they said to me, make a God for us. Who will go before us? For this Moses, the man that you brought up from the land, we do not know where he is. And basically, now Aaron's blaming Moses. Like, if you had been here, we wouldn't have gone, you know, had this issue. And then we know that he just says, "They, I just got a hold of all their gold and put it all together and threw it in the fire and out came a calf. And so basically, Aaron has lost his mind. <laughs> And so Moses, of course, is so mad. But there's a lot of principles in there. Um, You know, we were making jokes about you having a crush on Moses, but the people obviously did too because they're like, well, we would not have built this golden calf if Moses was still here. So they were really kind of, you know, blaming Moses for being away, but obviously they were really dependent upon Moses, as, as we know. But we know that after the golden calf, what was so sad about that is that they wanted this golden calf as a reminder that it was the golden calf that brought them out of Egypt. Mm -hmm. And what a slap into God's face, because as we read in uh, Exodus all the way through, it says, so that you will know that I am your God, and it is I who have brought you out of Egypt. And all of a sudden, these people are going astray, and they won't something that they can touch, something that they can feel, something that they can see. Mm-hmm. And so it's very much uh, some of the issues we have today. A lot of people, like, you believe in God, like, you don't see Him, you don't, mm-hmm. you know, we can't touch Him. A lot of times people have a problem when they're praying because they're like, you know, I just don't even think He's there. Mm-hmm. And so that's another way of looking at the, at the Israelites of how we can relate to them mm-hmm. because we want something we can feel, touch, and see. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote in my margin how impatience grew to disobedience. Like they were waiting on Moses to come down, mm-hmm. but they grew impatient. And eventually that led to disobedience because they're like, he hasn't. He's been gone. He's Yeah. It says um, Moses delayed to come down from the mountain. So then they gathered all the stuff that they brought from Egypt into the promise, well, they weren't in the promised land yet, but mm-hmm. all the things that they took out of Egypt, I mean, and they were, I mean, God allowed that. It wasn't bad that they took those things out of Egypt, but that's what they used, which is also, I think, interesting. Well, no, it's actually those are the things that God gave them. That's so what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It's like it, they didn't take it. I didn't, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. They didn't take it out of stealing. It was just stuff that came with them. Yeah. And it was actually a blessing, the blessings that God had given them. And a lot of times we, you know, it's a principle, too, something, a symbolism of a lot of times the blessings that God has given us, we make into a golden calf, and we begin to worship it instead of God. Um, so really and truly, it's kind of sad because they did take the very thing that God wanted to bless them with and then turned it around again 
on God and, you know, pretty much slapped him in the face. Not only were they saying that it was the golden calf that led them out of Egypt, but now they're using the very thing that God had given them to worship. So, Mm -hmm. you know, God obviously talks to Moses and was talking to Moses, and he just says, you know, I'm just going to destroy them. Uh, These people will not listen to me, and they're stiff-necked. And Moses intercedes, and then we're going to get into the very verses that you really, really love, because he says, I'm not going to go with you. And Moses says, you know, look, you have said that I found favor in you. You you have said that you know me by name. And I want you to consider that this nation is your people. In other words, what Moses is saying is, look, God. This is your idea. Mm-hmm. This is what you've asked me to do, and these are your people. Because God often will say to Moses, these are the people you are leading. And Moses turns it around and goes, oh, no, these are your people. Mm-hmm. And I love the way that Moses talks with God because mm-hmm. he's very and honest and transparent. And Yeah, which that's one of the things, I mean, I told you this not too long ago, um, the verse... 11 so chapter 33 verse 11 it says thus the lord used to speak to moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend and looking that up that phrase face to face is a phrase that they would say to basically communicate honesty and open like Mm -hmm. it was talking literally it was not literally face to face it was just this i guess common phrase back then of speaking openly and honestly with mm-hmm. each other as a man speak as they would assume you'd speak as a friend, which as we know in this day, you don't always speak to your friends openly and honestly. But that's, that's right. what the writer or Moses was referring to. And in, and that they would have understood when right. Moses was writing this down that they would have understood that their relationship was honest and real and extremely intimate mm-hmm. with God. Which that's why I like Moses. I don't have a crush on him. I know. But I just appreciate the closeness of, Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to be honest and open with Mm -hmm. the Lord. It really, really is. Even though God knows everything. Right. It's hard. Sometimes I think we don't know how to be honest. We don't know ourselves, so it's hard to be honest with God. Well, yeah, it's like how we have to be honest with ourselves before we can be honest with the Lord. Right. Because he knows everything. Right, but it's like you can't be honest if you don't know what to be honest about. Well, that's true, too. But, <laughs> it's real deep. Yeah, deep but, thoughts. little deep thoughts. But that is true in the fact that Moses had such a intimate relationship with God, and we'll see that. And, you know, now we're going to talk about the desire that Moses had to be with God, to know that God was there. And I, I, I know that for me, and I don't know what you've thought about this, but, Kara, for me, it's like, would I really— get to the place where I think I don't want to be anywhere that I do not know God has led me there. Now, I do now, but many years of my life, I never thought about wanting and embracing where I am and being okay with it just because I know God led me there and just because I know that God's presence is there. When Mm -hmm. God's led you and He's he's in you and you've trusted Him. How do you know that He's led you there? Well, because you know you're there. And because of the sovereignty of God, you know, as I said so, in that last po- podcast, God doesn't waste time and He doesn't waste experiences. And that no matter where we are right now, for whatever reason, 
that God has led a person where they are, that's where they are, and you have to believe that God uses everything, even the mistakes, but there's a reason that you are where you are today. And I think that that's I think true it's hard. The, it's really hard for me to wrap my mind around that, and I don't really know why, and not in a doubtful way, but in a like that he wants us where we are, no matter mm-hmm. what that is, like no matter what. Mm-hmm. Not just that he knows you're there, not just that you happen to be there, but that's where he wants you. And often, uh, let me just help you even be more uh, confused about it, in the fact that we often think it's our choices. And well, yeah, but what, there are part of our choices that have led us there, but God allowed you to have those choices. So yeah, what if someone's in a place that is in, when, in rebellion? Mm-hmm. God wants them to be in rebellion. No, he doesn't want them to be in rebellion, but he will allow them to be in rebellion. He allowed uh, Joseph's brothers to be in rebellion and to sin against Joseph and to do something that was terrible. But I guess that's what he want. He didn't want them. He didn't want their hearts to be in rebellion, but he wanted what happened to accomplish what he wanted to accomplish. Yeah. I think like Paul he wanted, says it this way. Not all things are good. But God uses all things for our good and His glory. And sometimes, as I was saying in our in the last podcast where we did when I was talking about breathe, oh, the last episode, yeah, that God uses all things, and we are not above God, right? And we're where we are, but God tests our faith, and God tested the people, and He's like, I want to know if you're going to trust me, and He'll allow us sometimes. There are just lessons that we would have never learned. I get that. It's the thing that is so hard for me to wrap my mind around is the fact that he wants us there. Not the fact that we're there, but that he wants us where we are. Like, that's what's really hard for me to wrap my mind around. Well, let me say this. Not that I I don't mean that in a doubtful way. It's just like a, like, what? Like, you're telling me what? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not saying that he wants you there. I'm saying he's going to use where you are and he looks at the bigger picture he knows that you're not going to learn it any other way or you're not going to be able to discover what he wants you to discover about who he is and who you are unless you have gone that path right i think it i mean i know the foundation of that is that if god wanted you somewhere else he's god and he can do whatever he wants Mm -hmm. like so it's not you know, may grieve his heart that we are in a certain place, or may grieve his heart that we are dealing with loss or death or sickness mm-hmm. or whatever. Hurting. Yeah. So it's not this want of like, oh, I really want you there. This excites me. It's this, he's bigger than. Mm-hmm. He can do whatever he wants and he's allowed whatever's happened and we don't know the full picture. And I think that's what's really hard to wrap our mind around is lives and stories and situations that are so full of pain and disappointment and heartache. It's so hard because it's like, I believe God is love, but he also, he wants me in this situation or he Mm -hmm. wants, you know, so that's a great example of what you're saying is Mary and Martha when Lazarus died and Jesus comes up and he sees that Mary and Martha are crying and he weeps. First time we hear that he's weeping and then we know he weeps in Gethsemane, but that's later. And so he's weeping and he says to Martha and Mary, your brother's going to rise again. Now, he knew the whole story, 
And then before he even got there, he told the disciples, it's good that I'm not going to be there. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what do you mean it's good that I'm not going to be there? Mm -hmm. If he's sleeping, he said, well, he's dead. Mm -hmm. But it's good that I'm going to wait a little bit. So God is looking way past. Now, Martha and Mary are looking at my brother's dying, and Jesus could be here, and he loves us, so why isn't he? Right. So Valid questions. Jesus says, you know, this is going to turn out for God's greater good. Mm -hmm. They're going to really know who I am. And for us, as we look into Exodus, we know how often God says, so that you may know that I am God. Mm -hmm. So we were created to know God and to worship Him. So there's a part of us missing if we don't really know who God is. So God's looking at the overall picture. You're looking at the pain and the suffering. Mary Martha was looking at, right. my brother has died. Jesus says, I know what's about to happen. Right. Well, and it, I, I don't say, I don't say that it's hard for me to wrap, wrap my mind around in a bad or negative way. It's just like, it's just hard to wrap my mind around it. But it's comforting at yes. the same time because it's like, oh, it's just another way to look at what we already know mm -hmm. of like God is in control. He knows what's going on. He can do what he wants with us, you know, and not like he can do what he wants. I mean, like you said, we have choices and that sort of thing. And it's all, you know, we can't it's get into so hard We don't understand. understand yeah, I we, know. But, you know, I, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about this. And I don't understand this. Trust me, I don't. But I had a, a dear friend, Brenda Terminello, and she had breast cancer. And she would come to my Bible studies. And I would pray with her and walk to life with her. I ended up speaking at her funeral. She would come to the Bible study, and she'd be so excited mm -hmm. that either she had a good test result mm -hmm. or there was she times. She had that was a long battle. She really that, did. That and she fought. Mm -hmm. And continued to trust God through it all. But there would be days that you know were easier than others. And I remember one time she came to the Bible study, and I said, Brenda, how are you doing? And she said, I miss my cancer. And I said, I. Was she relapsing? Uh -huh. Was she in real or um, no. not reminiscing? She, I mean, she was in remission. Yeah. Sorry, good, good job there, Karen. <laughs> One of those R yeah. words. She was in uh, remission. remission, and she said, "I missed my can my cancer." And I'm like, "What?" I said, "I've never heard mm -hmm. anyone say that." And she said to me, "When I have cancer, I feel so close to God. I feel His presence. When I'm at the doctor's office, when I'm going through the X-rays and the MRIs, I can feel God almost holding me." Mm -hmm. But then things start getting better, and I'm in intermission. And I know God's still there, but I don't feel it. And, you know, and I think we are just not desperate. Mm -hmm. And so until we get into a situation, now I don't, I'm and not, not saying, that in a bad way. Yeah, it's not a. I think that's part of any relationship. You go through those seasons where you feel closer. You know, yeah. and I don't think it's like a distance, but yeah, you don't feel. Yeah. And don't hear me say that we have to go through cancer or something horrible, no, a funeral yeah. to, to feel God's presence. But there is a theme when I'm walking life with people that are really knowing God, they really do know God and they love Him, that there's just this awareness, more of an awareness. God just does something that mm -hmm. I, only God can do. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's just one of the things that, I feel like even with Moses, as we go back to Moses, is Moses was desperate. God was like, I'm going to kill these people. 
and he intercedes for them, and he's like, God, you cannot do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and really Moses is uh, very concerned about God's reputation. He said, because if you do that, the people are going to look at us, the Egyptians, and did you just bring them out there so you could kill them? God, you cannot do that. They will not think that you're a loving God. And that's kind of how we feel sometimes. We feel like God just puts us in those situations and hard times just to know Him. Mm-hmm. That's not it at all. Life puts us in those hard situations. Right. What well, I think that's where we have to remember is God is in control, but sin rules the world right now. Yes. I mean, that that's the fall. That's e, That's uh, Genesis, Genesis 3. Mm-hmm. And I think we do forget that of like, this isn't heaven. This isn't, this isn't this the garden. Isn't, this like life. I said, God is in control of everything, and mm-hmm. He has complete authority. But this this is the enemy's dominion yeah. in terms of because there's evil here. I mean, yeah, if it that's if right. it was heaven, there would be no evil. And you know, I've said this so many times. You've heard me say this. You can go and sit on Georgia 400 <laughs> Expressway. It's a horrible place to mm-hmm. to even drive. But if you go and sit in Georgia 400 and you pray and you say, God. I'm going to pray that I won't get hit. If you sit there long enough, you're going to get hit while you're praying. Right. And so I feel like that with life. I think that's what you're saying. It isn't that God doesn't love us. It isn't that God couldn't protect us. And you may sit there for a little bit and not get hit and go, oh, look how God's protected me. But if you're on Georgia 400. There's wisdom that. Yeah. Right. You're going to get hit. Right. And that's what you're saying. We're in this world. And if you live long enough in this world, you're going to have pain, mm-hmm. you're going to have suffering, and you're going to have a heartache. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that God you know, wants to show us who He is, right. and I think He wants to hold us during those times. When God I think, did not create the world for that. Right, and I think going back to the whole God, we are where we are in life because God wants us here. It's not a want of like, oh, this is so great that you're experiencing this or experiencing sin or pain or whatever, but it's, this is what, this is the story God wants for you Mm -hmm. for whatever reason that we may or may not know. And you know that Moses doesn't get to go into the promised land. Right. Which I have, I do wrestle with. I have, I don't anymore, but I think you and I have talked about this. I've talked about this so often. It's like you went, he went through all that and he didn't even go to the promised land. All those people for the love, he hits a rock. You know, right, uh, like, look what like all a, the people did. Right. Uh, it seems like the punishment didn't fit the crime. That's right. And I remember, and I think I've shared this with you, how as I was reading it through Exodus one time, and I was like, God, I really have a hard time that Moses did not go into the promised land. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget it. The thought came in my mind. What your problem is, is that you think that the promised land is more important than being with me. Mm. And I think that that's where we land sometimes. Mm. It's like, if I can make my world all perfect and I never have to suffer and I never have any pain or, you know, if I never go through hard times, that's what I'm really trying to work on. Right. And God is saying, I want you to know me. Right. Well, and the thing that, so it's funny because we both have wrestled with that fact Mm -hmm. that Moses did not enter the promised land. After everything that they've been through, and they were so God and Moses yeah. were so close, and anyway, but what God showed me was a different side of it. Both are true, but mm-hmm. for what I needed to hear, God showed me that 
Moses did enter in the promised That's land. Right. And in the New Testament, when Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration, yes. Moses is there. And so in the promised land. In the promised land. And so it's not only did he enter in the promised land, but he got to go in literally next to Jesus, mm-hmm. like in bodily form, which I think is even more special and more, you know, that was, I don't know, thousands of years later, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Moses oh, yeah. did enter. But it wasn't in the time, and it wasn't in the way that we thought, and it was in a better way, in a better time. And and the other thing was, Moses doesn't seem concerned that he didn't enter the no. promised land. And I think he's like, okay, he was probably a little bummed by it, maybe. Well, yeah, because because he uh, says, God says to him, stop praying about that. Again. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's an element of he's human, but it seems like he really comes to terms with it. And he's like, Mm -hmm. okay, like I'm not going to enter in. And then God buries Moses. Like how intimate is that? Like no one ever found his body. uh, To this day. Yeah. And I just think that, again, those are the two things where it's like, we can look at it and be like, and we have both been Mm -hmm. like, why did he not enter? That seems so unfair. I mean, I've thought that so many times, but it's like, but he got to be buried by him and he did go into the promised land. In God's timing. Right. And in a more special way. Yeah, like as a lit up yeah. transfiguration. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, I don't know Peter what... was so excited. He said, let's yeah. build some temples. Yeah. Let's build some tabernacles here and right. stay here so forever. It, it was like the most climactic mm-hmm. point of, you know, history when Jesus, you yeah. know, because Jesus was on earth and everything. But anyway. I think it's so great because I think what you're saying is we all struggle with it, is why does God allow certain things to happen. And I, and we're certainly not answering that question because we're not going to speak <laughs> yeah. for God. We don't know. But I do believe that as I've prayed so much for that question, and so many people do struggle with it, and I've struggled with it, you've struggled still with do, it. Still do, yeah. And I still sometimes yeah, yeah have these have moments of back. like, yeah. But we see things and we put such value and emphasis on things that are going to pass away. Mm-hmm. And God sees things that are most right. important. Well, and how we think it's going to go down. Yeah. You know, we thought it seems like, oh, Moses is going to enter by leading all these people in. And God was like, nope. Oh, if we were writing the uh, script, Moses would have walked in with uh, some kind of big armor on and be greater than it was with the Red Sea when he walked out. Right. Uh, but God wanted the people not to see that it was Moses that were leading him, mm. but that it was God that led him. And he would say it over and over again, so that you will know that I am your God, and it is I that have led you out. And God mm. consistently, and I, I, I've challenged you and some other people when we were at the retreat, to go through your Bible and see how many times God says, so that they will know that I am the Lord. And I think that we are so concentrated on either we want to be known or that our world is perfect or it's, you know, protected from all kind of hurt. We're so concerned about that. And God is like, no, those things are so mm-hmm. superficial. Yeah. When I think the thing going back to Mo- Moses's honesty with the Lord is I love just I mean, what the verse that you read at the beginning of this, the, if your presence doesn't go with me, I don't want to go. And I think he believed that even about, you know, even though he wrestled with God and still prayed to Mm -hmm. enter into the promised land, which I think that shows the honesty where he was at the end of the day, like, I'm not going to go in there if you're not going to go with me or Mm -hmm. if this isn't what you want. If that's not what you want. But 
you know, his heart, like I said, he's human. And so he, he still mm-hmm. had that desire. I mean, this was had, you know, 40 plus years of mm-hmm. the dream really. And which I can relate to that. And so I love that intimacy. It's not, we don't have to bring ourselves to this, like, okay, this is awesome. You know, but it's like, okay, like, I don't, I don't want to, I would rather, I read a commentary by Tony Evans that said mm-hmm. that Moses would have rathered stay in the desert with God than go into the promised land without him. Yeah. And I love that because that really was his heart, even though he prayed to oh, wait, go in. Struggling. Yeah. Like I mean, he Jesus wanted to guess him. Right. Yeah. And I, I love that. I love that picture. And, and also seeing the grace and the love of God's heart toward Moses and being like, okay, this isn't going to be the way, but I, he re, he answered his prayer. He mm-hmm. he did go into the promised land. Just in a different time. Just in a different time, yeah. Well, and I love as we close, Kara, that God says, okay, Moses, I'll, you know, I'll do what you've asked. He said, show me your glory. And he said, I want you to go to the rock, and I want you to stand there, and I'm going to pass by. And he says, you can't see my face, but you'll see my goodness passing over you. And I think that that's what you're seeing when you look back and you see the story about Moses is that God's goodness, he did go to the promised land and he did have such a relationship with with God that God buried him. Mm -hmm. And he says, you'll see my goodness. Mm -hmm. And he said, but I'm going to pass by. And I think for me, Karis, I've read that over and over again for many, many years. Often I have seen God's presence and his goodness after the fact and that's what you're saying after the fact god sees and we're in the promised land Mm -hmm. and i think for us and what we're saying is that sometimes when we're going through a hard time we do not understand surely god has not allowed me to have to go through this surely uh, god could have stopped this surely this is not where god wants me but it was after sometimes we get through those moments and those times, we look back mm-hmm. and we thank God that He didn't answer that prayer. Mm-hmm. And we see God in such a way that we know that we would have never known Him had that not happened. Mm-hmm. And we would see miracle after miracle, even while it was going on. I remember when my mom passed away and my dad, I would look back and I was just trying to, you know, get through the day, and I would remember little things that happened, little miracle after miracle, like the fact that my dad was able to leave the hospital in Chattanooga in the middle of the night, and this doctor that I barely even knew was able to see him. It was a miracle. And I think so often we just don't see God's presence until it's past. Mm-hmm. And we look or back. sometimes until we're desperate to see it. Yeah. And we look back and think, wow, God was with me all along. Mm-hmm. God's presence was there. Moses said, you know, show me your glory. And God said, go stand on a rock. And I'll pass by. And he said, you can't see my face and live. But I want you to go stand on that rock. And you'll see my goodness when I pass by. And I think no matter what we're going through, Kara, that if we just look back and know that maybe we don't understand now, but that we'll look back one day and say, oh, thank you, Jesus, that that did not happen. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I can't say thank you that this happened, but I can look back and go, 
something similar to Brenda Tamala. I now see Jesus. And if I had not gone through that, I would have never experienced the presence of God. I would have never understood how He could love me no matter what I was going through. I never would have felt His arms around me had I not been desperate for Him. That is true living. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen. Bowen.